everyone. Thank you so much for joining us today and listening to our podcast. My name is Kenna Hengem. And my name is Camille Soloviev. Over the entire first quarter in our 12th grade British Literature and Advanced Composition class, we have been reading the novel On Reading Well by Karen Swallow Pryor. This novel speaks about specific virtues and how they lead you to the good life. Today, we are going to be discussing the question of what virtue is most important to lead you to the good life. Before we start discussing, we want to give you some background on what virtues are and how they are relevant in our life today. A virtue is a behavior that shows high moral standards. Some practical virtues you may be familiar with are the four cardinal virtues being prudence, temperance, justice, and courage. And the five heavenly virtues being chastity, diligence, patience, kindness, and humility. The two virtues that we will specifically be discussing today are humility and prudence. We will spend time defining our terms, giving examples, citing pieces of evidence, and asking each other probing questions so that we can try to decide which virtue, if there is one, that we think is most important in attaining the good life. Given that this conclusion may be difficult to come to, we will also include how our two virtues can work together and play off one another. The title of our episode, wait, <laughs> cut that out. The title of our episode is The What Versus The Why. We chose this title because we feel that the core of our two virtues comes from what we are doing and why we are doing it. Humility highlights the what because it is an action and mindset that you choose to have. Prudence exemplifies the why because while prudence does involve actions, it first involves understanding of why we are acting in a certain way. We are so excited to share our thoughts, ideas, and questions, so let's jump right in. Before we start sharing specifically about our individual virtues, we want to quickly remind you of the main question we are discussing. What virtue is most important to attain the good life? So Camille, what virtue do you believe is most necessary in attaining the good life? Okay, so basically, um, to start off, I personally believe that humility is most essential to attain the good life. Um, so a definition from the web that I got of humility is a modest or low view on one's own importance. And the definition from the source that I'm using for this podcast is um, humility is not, therefore, simply a low regard for oneself. Rather, it is a proper view of oneself that is in low comparison to God and in recognition of our own fallenness. Humility is thinking less about yourself, not thinking less of yourself. So basically, I'm just going to start with a summary of the book that I used. Um, it is On Reading Well by um, Karen Swallows Pryor. And okay, so Pryor does a fantastic job in this chapter of her book. On Reading Well, Cut that out. Pryor does a fantastic job in this chapter of her book, On Reading Well, by going into depth on the topic of humility. She starts the chapter by talking about a book called Revelation. It is a Southern Gothic short story by author Flannery O'Connor about the delivery and effect of a revelation to a sinfully proud, self-righteous, middle-class, rural, white Southern woman that her confidence in her own Christian salvation is an error. She follows with a section called We Are All Mr. Mrs. Turpin, which talks about how being human is struggling with pride and that some people have too little of it and some people have too way and some people have way too much and how 
In some cases, pride is a very good thing. For example, having pride in your team sports or having pride in your family. The famous St. Thomas Aquinas defines pride as inordinate self-love. Pride is the deadliest of the deadly sins because it is a lack of submission to God, therefore keeping us from having a relationship with him. She often states that humility is foundational for gaining other virtues, which leads us to the good life. The next the next section talks about how humility is being grounded. This title comes from the verse Ecclesiastes 3.20, all comes from dust and to dust all return. People with the virtue of humility are literally and figuratively grounded. How we need to recognize that we are all human and not God. You might ask, how does one gain this virtue? It only comes through God and there is no other way. In the next couple of sections, she dives deep into Christ's ultimate act of humility for us and how he is the image of humility. In her closing pages, Pryor explains that it is not just about degradation, degradation or lack, but about the exaltation offered in the freedom of knowing who we are and who we are created to be. Humility overflows our hearts with love and is the beginning of true fulfillment. So basically, that is just the summary of the book that I read, or the chapter that I read. Um, and so one of the things I wanted to just share um, is what humility looks like in the Bible and examples of humility in the Bible. So one famous act of humility is when Jesus was washing the feet of the disciples. Usually, that is what a servant does. You would think that like the king of all kings wouldn't wash somebody's feet because that's like the lowest thing you could one of the lowest things you could possibly do that's a true act of humility and also um when david fell to the mercy of god and humbled himself before the lord even though david was um he was a big figure in the bible there was things that he lacked on and there was this one like circumstance where he literally fell to the ground um and humbled himself before the lord and then the greatest act of humility was Jesus allowing himself to be hung on the cross and humiliated in many different ways. Christ gave up his place in heaven and degraded himself so that we could have eternal life and a spot in heaven. As the book says, Christ's own humiliation is the evidence more philosophers give to explain why the virtue of humility is central to the good life. Okay, so one of, one of the big things about the good life and being fully fulfilled in life is relationships and um as of one of my teachers dr mcdowell in our bible class he stated that our purpose in life we have two purposes in life to have a relationship with god and relationship with others and i kind of like feel like that is the same as the good life having those relationships and um, being humble draws us closer to God and draws us closer to others, which is very important for relationships. Um, humility takes away our pride and allows us to dip, deepen our relationships and bring our guard down. As human beings, we long for relationships that are deep and full of meaning. And without these relationships, we try to fill the void using other things, pulling us farther and farther away from God. So when we have humility, it really, it really helps us strengthen those relationships. And everybody deals with these broken relationships, and they're huge burdens in life. We, you probably have experienced that, and so have I. And with humility, repairing relationships genuinely is so much easier because if you are humble, you can realize that 
you could be in the wrong or you can realize what someone else is going through. And if you're full of pride, you think that you're the one right, which is it does not help you reconcile anything. And someone with humility will accept that they are wrong and will accept the responsibility. That was what happened. Um, humility also plays a big role in allowing us to forgive those who have wronged us. Personally, I hold grudges a lot, and this is something that I would like love to work on. Um, but yeah, it just helps us to forgive. And also, humility helps us to be obedient and follow God's commandments. Um, and one of his commandments is talking about our parents and how we must be obedient to them. And so it helps us strengthen our relationships with our parents and helps us respect them by our obedience. Um, and with this, when, we, when you do things for others and when you let your guard down and help and give, your life will be more fulfilled, which ultimately I think is why humility is most important for the good life. Camille, I remember Dr. McDowell talking about that in our Bible class, and that also really influenced me in a great way, and just listening to you talk about that already taught me so much more about humility. Um, If I can ask you a question, um, are there any practical ways that you have seen humility playing out in your life? So as a matter of fact, yes. Um, So if you didn't know, I'm on the varsity volleyball team at CVCS, and I have been playing volleyball for, I think, seven, seven or eight years. So have you, Kenna, right? I have, yeah. We've been on the, Kenna and I have been on the same team team for forever. For a very long time, yeah. For a very long time. And um, one of the things that I've realized, and especially these last two years being at CVCS and under Coach Bond, I've realized that humility is beyond important in sports. And in order to have a working system and a good community, humility is necessary. Um, So our varsity head coach, Coach Bond, constantly shares with us how being prideful is selfish. And when you make an error or mistake, you turn to yourself instead of into your teammates. And with but if you respond with humility, just kidding, cut that out. When you respond with humility, you have to realize that not everything is about you and you turn into your team. She also shares that only through deep humility we take in knowledge and seek understanding which leads to wisdom. Going back to pride, we all know what it is like to play with an arrogant, prideful teammate and not the good type of pride. Um, It is often draining and can cause strain to the team's chemistry. When you talk about wins and losses, a humble athlete doesn't make excuses, but is gracious in defeat and modest in victory. Having the virtue of humility in sports trains you for future life and is a great tool to help you in future situations and life to help you grow. Like sports, just like with sports, it has helped me in so many situations out of life. And I know that for a fact in the future, when I deal with some situations, um, humility in sports and all the different things that we learn in sports are going to be fantastic for the future and the obstacles that I face. Okay, so we've actually brought in a special guest today. We have um, USC commit Andrew Johnson. Um, Kenna, you want to go into what our question is? Yes, yeah, so me and Camille have been uh, studying virtues and talking about um, a multitude of different ones, um, but Andrew is not in our English class, so we wanted to get the perspective of someone who hasn't been studying these virtues for an entire semester. So Andrew, how ha- is humility important in your everyday life and in sports? Well, um, to su- I mean, I guess to sum it up in one quick point, I feel um, God definitely calls us to be humble in everything that we do. 
Um, everything we do should do it in the best of our abilities. And uh, being a part of that is not being cocky or selfish, especially around your teammates. So um, I think humbleness is a great um, quality to have as a leader as well. I think it's one of the main ones that you should have as an athlete because it overall defines your character. Thank you so much for giving your input. We really appreciate that. Yeah, no problem. Yes, thank you, Andrew. Okay, so that was fantastic, and that was a wonderful an answer from Andrew. Now we're going to transition to Kenna and why she believes that prudence is essential to the good life. So in preparation for this podcast, I did tons of research on prudence, and I confidently believe that prudence is the most necessary virtue to attain the good life. This is because, simply put, prudence is the ability to discern between right and wrong and the decision to act on the good. I used two sources in my research, one being Karen Swallow Pryor's book on reading well, as I mentioned earlier in our introduction, and the second being an article titled The Virtue of Prudence. Both of these pieces have valuable and relevant information that helped me form a detailed opinion and a strong argument. I want to start off by just giving a few working definitions and quotes that I attained from both the book and the article that I read. Um, so a couple of these uh, quotes are, prudence is the knowing of things to be sought and those to be shunned. The prudent man is one who does the good as opposed to one who merely knows the good. Prudence is considered the mother of the three cardinal virtues. The three cardinal virtues are justice, fortitude, and temperance. While the three cardinal virtues are moral virtues related to doing good, prudence is an intellectual virtue, a virtue related to knowing. Prudence is at the heart of all moral character, for it shapes and directs the whole of our moral lives and is indispensable to our becoming an ally excellent human being. Prudence measures all other virtues and determines what makes an action good. It is described as the char charity, a charity of the virtues, the basis and measure of all other virtues, helping us to apply general principles to particular situations in ways that avoid evil and accomplish good. Um, one of the main quotes that I really liked, it's super simple, but it just says prudence is a form of wisdom. And I think that prudence is the most important virtue because it mothers all other virtues. The virtue of prudence equips us with a strong moral compass so we can apply wisdom to any situation we may find ourselves in. It also gives us wisdom to understand and act upon each of the other virtues. Now I want to talk a little bit about the origin of prudence. The word prudence comes from providence, which means the ability to foresee. Prudence to humans is what instinct is to animals, and what prudence is for humans is what providence is for gods. Providence became the word for God's all-seeing and knowing power. The word prudence developed a meaning within the human realm referring to actions of humans based on foreseeing the consequences of a course of action and choosing accordingly, which in more simple terms means understanding the outcomes and consequences of our actions and making decisions with that knowledge. Even the origin of the word prudence shows its importance. If prudence is the human equivalent to God's all-knowing and seeing power, then it is obviously important. Without knowing what to do, knowing and seeing what is happening around us, we'll never be able to cultivate any of the other virtues because we won't even be able to distinguish right from wrong. Prudence is also relevant and shows up tons of times in the gospel. Um, prudence is, is in human affairs what God's sovereignty is over all creation. Prudence becomes the human finite picture of God's infinite omnificence. A few verses that explain the importance of prudence are Proverbs 8, 12, which is, I, wisdom, dwell with prudence, and I find knowledge and 
discretion. This verse proves prudence's connection to wisdom and how it's necessary for discernment and knowledge. Another verse that I found relevant was Proverbs 14:15. The simple beliefs everything, but the prudent gives thought to his steps. This verse shows that prudence also involves thinking through problems and applying wisdom to every single decision we make, which is super important because I feel that especially today in our generation, people tend to react simply off of emotions. We don't take time to think logically through problems. Showing prudence would allow us to escape this habit and be more logical and thoughtful people. Just some other personal notes that I think are really important to understand when you're considering prudence is that you cannot obtain any of the virtues without being prudent. Being prudent is knowing what is right and choosing to act on it. In order to understand virtues and act on them, you need to understand that they are right and choose to live them out in your daily life. For example, in order to be kind, you need to first know that kindness is good and make a decision to practice it. A similar thought process can be made in application to your virtue, Camille. Humility. In order to be humble, we need to first understand that humility is good and choose a lifestyle of humility. Another important point I want to make is that prudence... Another important point I want to make is that prudence is the first virtue mentioned in On Reading Well, the novel we are both using today. In my head, that means prudence is the most foundational and important virtue, a virtue needed so you, continue, so you can continue to build off of it. Similarly, the chapter on virtue is the same chapter... Similarly, the chapter on prudence is the same chapter the author introduces virtue and talks about its importance. Prudence is not only a virtue itself, but a necessary part of showing virtuous behavior in general. This chapter is also the chapter that speaks on habits and the importance of breaking bad ones and making good ones. This shows that a habit of prudence is necessary in achieving all those other virtues, including humility. Okay, um, Kenna, is it okay if I interrupt you for a second? Of course. Okay, so I noticed that um, you talked a lot about wisdom in your in your thing, and I fully agree that prudence and wisdom like work hand in hand, like all that stuff. But um, I also did some research on <laughs> research <laughs> research on your chapter, trying to see what what's like some valid points you would have. And I did notice once again that it talked about wisdom a lot. Um, like your chapter says, prudence is wisdom at work, on the ground, doing good and avoiding evil in all situations. You talked about a bunch of, a bunch of different ways being, being wise and wisdom. Um, and in my, in my opinion, in order to have wisdom and gain wisdom, you need to have humility. Um, so famous guy, St. Thomas Aquinas, he teaches that prudence is the most important virtue because it helps you apply all the other virtues wisely, but there is no wisdom without humility. He says that only a fool thinks he is wise, while a wise man knows he is a fool. In order to be wise and be able to want to do the right thing in all circumstances, it is necessary to humble yourselves. So personally, I feel that humility comes before that because, um, in order to be wise and know and to do the right thing, you need to you need to have wisdom and be wise. So that's where humility comes before. Um, and it also says in the chapter that the way to truth begins and ends with humility and the way to true knowledge. And um, without humility, you can't even come to Christ. And um, I believe that you can only obtain virtues after like after you've given and accepted 
God into your heart and because you can have foundational things before like you can know what is right or wrong because we were all we were all born with some distinction um of what is right or wrong and um the virtue is something that you gain after so I believe that in order to be wise and have prudence you need to have humility first yeah totally I completely understand where you're coming from and we are going to talk a little bit more um about how they work hand in hand and how they are actually both necessary to attaining the good life um but before that i'm just going to talk a little bit about how you achieve prudence um so the article i read on prudence provided me with tons of examples there are a number of human goods to which every human person is naturally inclined these goods are not known by the senses but by the intellect and so they are also desired not by the sense of appetite but primarily by the will Thus, they are not sensible goods, but, intel- but intelligible goods. Some examples of these goods would be life, truth, beauty, leisure and play, sociability, religion, marriage, and integrity. If prudence were merely the knowledge of universal moral principles, we could stop here. But it is so much more than that. Prudence requires a sensitivity and atonement to the here and now of the real world of real people. Applying specific knowledge to situations after understanding the people, places, and things involved. It requires experience. Memory is more of an ability to learn from experience, and so it involves an openness to reality, a willingness to allow oneself to be measured by what is real. So to summarize the facts, it feels that I'm just spitting out, I want to explain how to achieve prudence in a few simple steps. First, you need to understand that there are certain goods that humans are naturally inclined to. Especially as Christians, we understand that a deep sense of morality was built into us in our conscience. When we understand this first, the rest of the steps seem more simple. We need to practice docility. Docility is open-mindedness, and so it requires a recognition of one's own limitations and ready to acceptance of those limits, which can also relate to humility. Second, we need to have shrewdness. Shrewdness is the ability to quickly size up a situation on one's own, and so it involves the ability to pick up small clues and run with them. Or, in other words, the ability to assess assess a situation and make a decision quickly based on what you initially observe. A very important part of attaining prudence is having reasoning. We need to be able to investigate and compare alternative possibilities and to reason well from premises to conclusions. We will then need to be able to make decisions about what has to be done. Prudence presupposes a knowledge of the basics of logical reasoning. We also need to have foresight. This is the ability to predict or the action of predicting what will happen or needed in the future. This quality specifically proposes the understanding that we will belong to God and our understanding of our purposes as God's children. When we understand this, we understand why we choose to do good. Another necessary part of prudence is circumspection. Circumspection is the ability to take into account all relevant circumstances. The ability to understand that certain circumstances involve certain actions and that people are constantly dealing with different adversities can help us choose to be good in more situations. The last quality is caution. We need to understand that sometimes good things have bad effects. To choose not to act simply because bad consequences will likely ensue is contrary to prudence. But caution takes care to avoid those evils that are likely to result from a good act that we contemplate doing. These are just a few um, points that I gained from reading um, the article that I used in preparation for this podcast. Um, So to close it out, I want to talk about how prudence leads you to the good life. 
Um, after reading on reading well, I would say that the good life is living a life that is fulfilling through practicing virtues and having a relationship with Jesus Christ. Prudence directly leads us to the good life because it, like I've probably mentioned a few times, prudence is knowing right from wrong and choosing to do good works because we are called to as children of God. Knowing and practicing prudence will also allow us to have a foundation of a moral knowledge and standards so we can build upon it and attain the other virtues that will all collectively lead us to the good life. So as I mentioned earlier, um, the conclusion of which um, virtue is most important to attaining the good life is hard to come to because obviously me and Camille both have... No, we're good. good? Yeah, we're good. (laughs) Um, (laughs) Because obviously... Both virtues um, are very necessary to attaining the good life, and I don't think that we'll be able to come to a conclusion based on which one is more important. So we wanted to talk a little bit about how they work together. So just like anyways, in my opinion, like overall hearing both of the sides, I feel like out of every single virtue that we read about after, after every single virtue in the book, that prudence and humility are the main two that work together. Do you agree with that? I 100% agree, yes. Because none, obviously other virtues work together, but I feel like these are the most that are hand in hand. And when you achieve both prudence and humility, the other virtues will naturally just come with that. Yeah, they are, de- prudence and humility are definitely like, they are the most foundational virtues that they have. Um, and then Proverbs Proverbs also tells us that if we are prudent and seek the Lord with humility, he will give us the discernment so that we do not go down a destructive path. And true prudence serves God pri- Okay, um true prudence serves God's priorities through God's means. So when you have humility, it, it helps you fully practice prudence. So although I think that Prudence is the most important virtue. And I think that humility is the most important virtue. We understand that in order to attain the good life, you have to acquire both virtues and that they will continue to build off of one another. And so that is where we're going to leave the podcast today because we really cannot come to a conclusion based on which one is more important. But instead, we understand that they are equally important and both necessary. So Um, thank you for tuning in. Um, I'm Camille. And I'm Kenna. Bye. This episode has been a production of the Capistrano Valley Christian Schools Podcast Network. Capistrano Valley Christian Schools is a Christian JK-12 school in San Juan Capistrano, California. Be sure to check out, subscribe to, and leave a review of this show and the other shows on our network on your podcast player of choice. Doing so supports the school community in a multitude of ways. For more information about the CVCS Podcast Network or any of our other shows, check out cvcs.org or email podcasts at cvcs.org. On behalf of the whole network, this is Mr. Jasper saying thank you again for listening and stay tuned for more.